Well, if you have your Bibles, if you would open up to Psalm 8. Psalm 8 is going to be our psalm for this next week. And hopefully we can spend some time reflecting upon and engaging with. I hope that's been helpful to you. Um, I hope that's been a habit in your personal life or in your family life, um, at least to some degree. I think we could probably all say we could do more, but let's make sure that we're spending some time meditating upon these things. You know, for, for most of us, most of us never get beyond this right here. And as a matter of fact, what we have right in front of us, what, what we look at when we look in the mirror, quite honestly, um, can be kind of overwhelming at times in and of itself, right? I mean, I think about my life and my family and my, my, my church and my possessions and my needs and my wants and my country, and, and just really, it's very easy to begin to see everything around us as if the whole world were just circling around us, because that's the perspective that we have. And, and quite honestly, that can become the focus of our prayer life also. I would imagine that many of us have spent a great deal of time talking to God about ourselves. And that, that's, a, that's a good thing, and that's an appropriate thing, but, but that shouldn't be the only thing. As a matter of fact, when we come to Psalms, like Psalm chapter 8, it, it, it's this great encouragement that instead of focusing upon what's going on in my life, and how overwhelming that is, and how we need the hand of God in those things. And we've, we've seen that, right, in a lot of the Psalms that we've talked about. Here in Psalm 8, he just stands amazed at how great God is. And even as he talks about himself, it, it's only a vehicle to say, isn't it amazing that, that the creator of all the universe cares about my life? So instead of assuming I'm assuming you care about what's going on in my life, but rather I'm amazed that you would care about me and what's going on in my life. Because the truth is, the truth is, the world doesn't really revolve around me. When I was a, when I was a, a younger man, I, I was have, having some philosophical thoughts and trying to, I was thinking about the world, and I remember entertaining the idea for just a moment that, well, what if what if all the world is nothing is, isn't, isn't really real? And what, what, if, what if all of you only exist for my benefit? Now, I, that, that may sound like a strange, a strange thought to you, but the truth is I've never actually read your mind, right? And when I'm not there, I don't know what you do, right? And, and so my, my, it's a silly thought, but, but this idea that, when you're not around me, you, you live an entire life. And when I'm not around you, I, I live an entire life. And, and we're just intersecting at different points of our lives. And, and that's not just true about one or two of us or, or a couple hundred of us. Or that's true about all the people in the world. That, that, that to understand that, that in the world, there are over 8 billion people who are each living their own lives. And they have their own families. And they have their own 
situations, in their own countries, in their own languages, in their own cultures, and their, 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 own, their own everything that you have. And they're all going on simultaneously, and the truth is most of them will, will never even engage with your life. So if there are 8 billion people who have lives going on in the world, why in the world would the creator of all of this care about yours? I'm not being ugly, I'm asking a real question, right? And all of a sudden, you you start to realize, instead of the world revolving around me, that all of a sudden, I, I am very, very small in the grand scheme of creation. And we could think about this this little blueberry that, that we live on here and how massive it is and all the people that are here. But but you know when when, when you start to study when you when you start to study the planets and, and God's creation and, and, and how the heavens d- declare the, the handiwork of God, you, the, the planet Earth it's that little bitty dot up there. Y'all see it? Right? My very good, right, well, I'm trying to get the planets in order, right? Something about my mom making pizzas for us. I can't even remember the, the whole analogy for it. So some of you, some of you guys have got it. But, but to understand, you could take a thousand planet Earths and you fit them inside of one Jupiter. And, and conversely, you can kind of see on the map, you could take a thousand Jupiters and fit them inside the sun. We are so small we live in the midst of this solar system that, that we, we have telescopes that kind of just kind of hint. They hint at the vastness of it. All of these other planets that, that we know about in our solar system, who's been there? Nobody's been there. Like, no one's ever been there. We, just, we, we, we think we know some things. We, 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 we send these space ec- exploration vehicles that we think maybe they can get there and maybe they can take pictures one day, but, but they're so far away, you can never even get to them. We, we create, uh, we, we, we think about the, tr- if we could travel at the speed of light. And, and that's really the, the, the way that we begin to quantify, right? We try to act as if it, it's a small, a small space b- b- between the planets, but, but the speed of light, 186,000 miles a second. That's fast, right? That's fast. I think the fastest I've ever gone, close your ears, Deacon. Uh, I think the fastest, I, I think one time I got up to like 100 miles an hour, okay? I know I'm no Donnie Weisenbaker, but I got more sense than he had when he was young. But can, can I tell you about going 100 miles an hour? That was, that was pardon my French, that was stupid. <laughs> that was so fast. Like, it's a wonder I'm here today, right? And you can tell me you went faster. I won't think you're a better man. I'll think you're even stupider than me, okay? Because it's like, whoa, it's so fast. They're not talking about 168,000 miles an hour. They're saying if you could go 186,000 miles a second, it would take you five hours to go from Earth to Pluto. That's insane. I mean, the, the, the numbers, that's the reason we've never been there, Okay? 
That's the reason nobody's ever been to Mars. Because it, it, it's not like, well, okay, it'll take us a month of, of you know, of, of hard driving. You know, we're going to go out to the, we got some, fr- some friends, they said they're going to go to the West Coast, and they're going to drive out there. They're going to make the drive, they're going to drive for four days straight. Man, you know, you're crazy. Buy a plane ticket. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, we're talking about a world that is this so large, and we, and we just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. We, we, we live in the middle of the Milky Way, right? We, the, the, this, this idea of, of our galaxy, I used to think it was named after the candy bar for a very long time. Uh, I mean, because, but, and I don't even know, well, I kind of, I guess I knew where it got its name, but our solar system, just a little bitty dot right there. See where it says that's our sun, and there's this huge, there's this huge solar system that they they've made up a way to measure it, and they talk about light years. If you could travel at 186,000 miles, at 186,000 miles a second, if you could keep up that speed for an entire year, right? That's one light year. So we're talking about light years, it's kind of crazy because we can't even go that fast for a second, let alone for a, a year. But they had to make up this, this way of measuring distance to get to, 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 get to the, the nearest star to us. You would have to travel four years. Four years at the speed of light. To get to the center of our galaxy you would have to travel 27,000 years. If you wanted to go from one side to the other, you would have to travel for 8,000 light years, 80,000 light years. Do you get the picture that there's nobody going to be doing that anytime soon? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not just trying to, to help you to say, I want you to be overwhelmed with this. This is the world this is, this is God's creation that we see, and, and we are just a very small part in that. And to talk about our galaxy, our galaxy is only a part, it is only a part of the universe. And all those little dots up there are different galaxies. So, some, some, someone said that there are more than, than 350 billion galaxies. I, I can't even comprehend some of the numbers. And th- th- there's this new telescope that they got out, the, J- the, James, J- the James Webb Telescope. Have you guys seen that? You just Google it. Some of the pictures that are coming back of these galaxies, it looks like something out of, um, it looks like you're, you're watching the Guardians of, of the Galaxy where these artists are like drawing these crazy things, except it's real. Like it, 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 It's amazing. This, this creation that we live in. Why did, why did God make a universe like that? Why did God make a solar system that had planets in it that you will never, ever go to? And a galaxy that was so vast, in, in, in generations you could, never see, you could never visit it. Even if you could travel the speed of light. Why did God make that? One, one person said 
Men are never so duly touched and impressed with the conviction of their insignificance until they have contrasted themselves with the majesty of God. Just for a moment, to, to battle this idea that of course my life is significant, of course I'm important, of course, of course the world revolves around me, even to the point that I can think maybe it really does just revolve around me. To say, lift up your eyes. Look at the stars. Spend some time out in the country where you don't have all of the light that comes from the city and just look up. And look at the stars, and do you know what you're going to feel? What are you going to feel? Small. You're going to feel so very small. Maybe God made all of these things to help us with our greatest need. And that is the need to be humbled in His presence. And and, and I'm talking about all of this, not not simply to make a point about being humbled, but to understand that as I elevate God, as I elevate God, it helps me to see His glory and His majesty. As I put put what He has done in this life and in creation together, it, it, it helps me to actually understand who He is and how blessed I am. That he would even care a thing at all about me. Why, why would God care anything about Wes Hazel? Why, why would God care anything at all about Wendy Jackson? Why would God care anything at all about Sonny Waller? I mean, that's no knock on the three of us. I think we're pretty great, right? But why would the creator of all the universe... Would you be surprised if the President of the United States knew me? You'd be like, oh yeah, I know Wes. Yeah, just talking to Wes the other day about what was going on in his life. You know what? Got, a, got one kid in college, one about to go on the way. Man, yeah, Wes is a great guy. Would, would, that, would that shock you? If I, if I knew the President or if the President knew me? Would it? Would, you be, would it impress you? Be like, wow, he knows the President, Right? Okay, we're, we're so far beyond the president, whoever that may be. How about the fact that God knows me? I, you ought to be shocked at that, because I'm a nobody. Okay? I'm a nobody. You, you know how many planets I've made? None. Right? I made any planets. God did. And, and, and the psalmist is he's being humbled by that in, in an effort to magnify God. So so here in Psalm 8, he says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth who have set your glory above the heavens. You want want to know the key to worship? It's it's to hold God up. And and listen, if if you're struggling with, with getting bored in worship, Man, I'm bored in church, and the, the preacher was too long, and the song leader was this, and I'm thinking about Burger King, and, and we got this going on in my... You need to think more about God. Be overwhelmed with God. How excellent is your name in all of the earth. Out of the mouth of babes and... <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. 
and nursing infants, <coughs> you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that they may silence the enemy of the avenger. <coughs> Sorry. This idea, this, this, is, this is like 1 Corinthians 1, right? Where, where God takes the, the weak and God overcomes the powerful with the weak. Why? To show you he's God. God tells Gideon, you have too many men. Why? Because when you go out there and you, win the, and you have the victory, I want you to know <coughs> it's not because of you, it's because of me. That's the God we serve. That God, God, our God could take, he could even take you and me and accomplish his purposes in this world. We think, well, we need this type of guy and this, and this sort of lady and, and this is like the, the perfect super Christian and God... God takes us, and he accomplishes his purposes. Now, us ought to know what a statement that is about God, right? We, of all people, ought to know what a great, what a grand statement that is. Because I'm thinking whenever we're picking, I'm not getting picked the first, the first time around. Some of y'all don't know what it's like to, to get picked, you know, at the end, you know, we're picking up teams. Some of y'all don't know what it's like to be picked at the end. Some of you do. <coughs> but from a spiritual perspective, listen, we're all people that got picked at the end. That's what God uses. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, <coughs> the moon and the stars which you have ordained. And so he says in verse 4, what is man? What is man? that you are mindful of him, and the Son of Man, that you visit him. Just, just to stand back and to be amazed that God could, why does God care about you? You, you ever had that moment when, maybe on, maybe on your wedding day, guys, and you realized that this woman was choosing to marry you? And there was this real humbling moment. You're like, <laughs> I mean, I just, you almost get giddy about it, right? Like, I, I can't believe, I can't believe that she chose me. I'm not going to tell her any otherwise, right? And now you're stuck, babe, right? But, but you remember that feeling? Like, take that times a, a, a million bajillion and say, wh wh why does God care about me? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but everlasting life. Yeah. Why in the world would he give his own son to die for me? Why would God do that? Who would you give your child to die for? Who's so great? Thomas, we're great friends. Love you. You're my brother. Would you give your child for me? Probably not. Gavin's sweating now. Okay. I mean, come on. Why, why would God do that? I, I don't know the answer to that. I just know he does. I don't know the answer to it. I just know that he does. Thank you. <coughs> I just know that, it, I, I, I hate drinking water in front of people, but 
I hate coughing even more. Yeah, we need a Diet Coke up here. That'd be great. That'd be great. <coughs> there. But anyway, so many jokes. I won't say I won't sell it. But what he's saying is be overwhelmed by this. If, if you're struggling in your prayer life, if, if you're struggling, man, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to pay attention. I'm struggling to be engaged. I, wa- I want to have this devotional time with God. And, and I just, I'm having trouble getting my mind straight. And once I get through my list, I don't even know what to say. I just want you to sit there. And I want you to think about how great God is. And kind of try to come up with a reason with why in the world he would care a thing in the world about you. And right before that sends you into the depth of depression... I want you just to I want you just to be amazed at the fact but he does. Man. That's our God. He's blessed me. I don't know, I don't know why he's but I know that he has. He says you've made him you've made him a, just a little lower than the angels. He, the, the, this place of, of prominence. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You, you've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And put all things under his feet. So, you know, this is the, the error when you start to study, and sometimes people talk about there are all these animals, and, and man's just an animal. So man is not just an animal. He may be an animal of, of, some, of some sort of definition, but we're not just an animal. Who rules this world? Who rules this world? We do. This world is ours. <coughs> all the things that are in this world, all the animals that are out there, all of creation, do, do, you, do you know what that's there for? It's there for us. It's not there for monkeys. It's not there for your cat, even though they may think so, right? It's not, it's not there for your dog. It's, it, 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 it's, it's there for us. Not only does God, God elevated us, why did he put me in this place of favor? Once again, I don't know really the answer to that. I just know he did. And when I know that he did, when I know that he did, it makes me, it simply makes me want to say, Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. You who have set your glory above the heavens. So here's our question for this week for us to read and to meditate and to pray about. What is man? What is man that you are mindful of him? I don't have a good answer for that. But that's okay. The fact I don't have an answer makes it even more powerful. Let's pray. Oh Lord, our Lord, we come before you tonight proclaiming how excellent your name is, the creator of all the heavens and all the earth, the creator of of planets, the creator of solar systems and galaxies and universes. Lord, we are here tonight because we believe that you are worthy. We are here tonight because because we want to acknowledge that you are God and we are not. And Lord, you have taken... You have taken, you have taken us. You have taken the, the mouths of babes and, and, and of infants. And you have called us and chosen us to be your tools and your servants to overcome this world. 
And Lord, when we consider your handiwork, when we think about the greatness of nature, when we think about the evidence that surrounds us, that demands us to acknowledge your presence and, and, your, and your power, the sun and the moon and the stars that you have ordained, Lord, they humble us. And Lord, we, we do not know. We do not know why the Creator God would care about us on this little planet in this little town, in this, in this little speck on your planet. But Lord, we know that you do. And we stand amazed at your love and at your grace. We stand humbled at the place of privilege that you have placed us, even in this world, to have dominion over the works of your hands. Lord, may we, may we be a people that are determined in our worship, in our prayers, and in our lives to proclaim how excellent your name is in all the earth. It is in the name of your Son that we pray. Amen. The opportunity that is there to proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God. I do not know why God loves us, but I know that he does. I do not know why he was willing to give his son, but I know that he did. I do not know why any one of us have an opportunity to, to secure a home in heaven, but I know that every one of us have that opportunity. May we never take that for granted. May we never assume it. May we always be humbled and overwhelmed by that fact. And if you have a need tonight to respond, to be baptized, to repent of sin, to simply bring your burdens before our great and mighty God. You do so this evening as we stand and as we sing.